Good morning. I am so, so happy to be here with you guys. So much fun. So my uh, talk today is about perspective. So we're talking this semester about how. That's our theme in chapel, how. Well, this is one of my hows. Sometimes I have to change my perspective. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, I am Lacey Richardson, if you don't know me. I teach in the School of Business. I teach accounting. And, yeah, we do accounting. Everyone should know that. Um, And I am am married to Raymond. We've been married for over 20 years. He's sitting over here in the front. He works here, too. He's worked here longer than I have in the the front office. He raises money for the university. Woo! Yeah. We like that, too. (laughs) Um, And we have two amazing kids. Leah is a junior in high school and Ryan's a seventh grader. Um, So let me start first with just the definition of perspective. So a couple that I found in good old Merriam-Webster. A mental view or prospect. Or the interrelation in which a subject or its parts are mentally viewed. So think of it as a point of view, a perspective. So let let me start with a story that illustrates the different perspective between a mother and a, her six-year-old son. Okay, So Ryan, when he was six, um, was playing Little League baseball, and he well, it was getting time for games. And so, like a good father does, Raymond took him on a father-son trip to the sporting goods store to get, you know, protective gear. And um, and so Raymond, Raymond takes him, and they have this father-son you know, bonding over baseball underwear and a cup, okay? He's six. So he, they get this underwear with a pocket in it, okay? Girls, I know y'all know what I'm talking about, but it has a pocket. You put the cup in it. You need it for baseball. So he was really proud of this underwear. So the next um, day, the next morning, we're getting ready for school, and I hear him yell from, from his room, Mom, can I wear my baseball underwear to school today? And I said, well, Betty, you better not because you have a game this week and I don't want to have to wash it again and, you know, the mom stuff. And he goes, oh, man. And he comes out of his room in his, he wears a school uniform to school. So he has this cute little polo on and khaki shorts and a very large um, bulge in his pants. (laughs) And I said, "What's, what's going on? And he said, well, I figured out that this pocket in this underwear is a really awesome place to hide my candy. (laughs) Yeah, he did. So he had his underwear stuffed full of candy, and he had the cup on top of it because he said the cup keeps the candy from getting broken. (laughs) So perspective. A six-year-old boy... He's, in his mind, he's thinking, this is amazing. No one's going to ever know I have candy in there. (laughs) And for me, I'm thinking, was he going to sit in class and, like, reach into his pants and pull candy out? Like, so, I don't know, six-year-old Ryan and his mother. So, let me show you a few pictures that illustrate perspective. So, these pictures were taken here on... uh, this campus this summer, uh, a summer camp, and um, yeah, not pictures of the underwear. Sorry, I should have <laughs> transitioned a little better there. Um, 
So these are some pictures that were taken at a summer camp called Summer Excitement that's on this campus. And they were actually doing a lesson about perspective, and so they had to take some pictures. So you can see this one looks like the giant shap is, is chasing them. Um, all depends on your perspective, right? So the, oh, let me go back, sorry. sorry. So this looks like he's spewing water from the fountain. This is Ben Hawley. This is Dr. Hawley's son, one of his sons, and he's sitting on a um, minivan in the background. So these guys, they actually have their feet on the wall and their backs on the ground. Yeah. So see, that's a building where their feet are, and that's the ground where they're, but they made it look like it was the other way. Perspective, right? <laughs> so this is somebody's rear end and a lot of kids they said I asked my daughter about this picture because she's actually in this picture and she said mom it was like he was sitting on us but that's not what it looks like to me <laughs> but <no. laughs> uh, this one it's a little hard to see it there but there's you know a big person and a tiny little person holding his hand it looks like a giant and a tiny little boy and here's a whole group in a dump truck. <laughs> I think, let's see, I can't remember if this is the last one or not. Oh, yeah, this is the last one. <clears throat> so perspective. It all depends on your point of view. You know, if you, if you are looking at these pictures instead of there in person, you might think something different. So a third definition of perspective is the, the capacity to view things in their true relations or relative importance. True relations are relative importance. So I want to start here. I want to show you a movie clip. So some of you may know this movie clip. If you do, don't whisper to your friends. Don't, don't tell what's about to happen. You know, don't, don't take away my glory here. I got a point to make. <laughs> so here we go. All right, she says. So this lady's perspective is really different from the guy who's on the ground. Okay, she thinks that this guy has just chased this truck and hung out the window and been punched and beat because his truck was stolen. But look at the real perspective. I'm not worried about the car. Big difference, huh? So you think this guy is risking his life to save his truck, but he's risking his life to save his baby. Um, Really different perspective. Uh, Raymond and I have, like I said, we've been married for uh, 20 years. We celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary in May, and we took a trip to Sedona, Arizona. Thank you. They're clapping for me. They're proud of me. (laughs) They're like, yeah, you did it, 20 years. Uh, So 20 20 years. We went to Sedona, Arizona. It was beautiful. We we spent a week there just without kids, and it was lovely. And we took one day to go to the Grand Canyon. We'd never been to the Grand Canyon, so we took a day, and we decided we were going to hike. We weren't just going to go see the Grand Canyon. We wanted to get down in it. So if you've ever been there, there's one trail called the Bright Angel Trail. Um, you You can... choose different distances depending on how far you want to go and we had decided we were going to do the six mile hike so it's three miles to a rest house and then three miles back out okay so we decided we were going to do this so look look how cute and non-sweaty and 
happy we look before we start. So this is about 9 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I even have like a tank top on and then a shirt over it, and we just look so happy we're about to start. And so we take this hike. And so this next picture is us at the three-mile rest house. So you, you hike down. It's down into the canyon to the rest house. Okay, so we had gone three miles. We had packed a lunch. We're sitting there eating our lunch. We still look pretty happy. Raymond's making a silly face, but you can see he's got his sleeves rolled up. I've got my outer shirt off now. I'm in the tank top. We've got some sweat glistening on us now, and we've gone, and we're pretty proud of ourselves. We've done three miles. It's taken us about an hour and a half to hike down into that, um, to that rest house. So the rest house is 2,120 feet down, okay? So we had hiked three miles and 2,120 feet down, and we're enjoying our lunch but there's only one way out, okay? It's 2,120 feet up, okay, and three miles. And we, we were feeling pretty proud of ourselves. People say that, uh, had told us, you need to allow for about double the time it takes you to get down there to get back out. It'd take us about an hour and a half to get down there. And we thought, ah, surely we don't need three hours to get back out. Uh, we did. We needed three hours to get back out. Took us about four and a half hours total to get out. It's really, a, it was a lot hotter. It was a hotter part of the day. There wasn't much shade on the way out. Um, and the, there are steps on the trail, but they're very deep and they're very tall. So they, you know, you have to step way far up and then kind of to get up the step. And going down, it doesn't feel as hard. But going up 2,120 feet is hard. So here's a picture of me, how I felt. (laughs) So I found a little bit of shade and a rock. I had a walking stick, and I told Raymond, please, please, just let me lean on this rock for a little while. (laughs) It's so cool. Like, that rock felt so cold. And I said, please, just let me stay here. And he kept saying, no, 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 we got to keep going. Keep moving your legs. Keep moving. I'm like, please, let me stay here on the rock. Um, But what I finally said is Raymond would say, okay, we're doing good. We only have, you know, we'd finish half a mile and he'd be like, we got two and a half miles left. We can do this. We can do this. And I finally said, we're going to have to change our perspective or I'm never going to make it out of here. And I said, from now on, we're going to quit talking about how far we had to go. And we're going to start talking about how far we've come. Um, Because if not, I'm never going to make it. So then we started looking backwards to where we'd come from. Like, look how far we've already climbed up here. Can you believe we've done this far? Look look how much we've done. We've already hiked a mile in this elevation. And we started changing our perspective. Um, It was much harder to, to climb out than it was to climb in. And I needed to remember that that God had given us strength to get this far. He would give us strength to get the rest of the way. I needed to focus on what God had done and not how much left there was to be done. Here's a picture of, um, this was just a picture I took looking back at a place we had come from. Because I wanted to be reminded, you may not be able to see, but there's tiny little people on those trails. And I wanted to be able to see, look, look at what we had done. And that was just one, one shot of what we had done. I needed to stop focusing on the temporary, the pain, 
the sweat, the heat, the really talkative and cute people that were walking down while I was walking up. On the way, Raymond and I joked on the way in, we were like, why won't people say hi when they pass us? Because we were walking down and they were walking up. Well, they could, were trying to breathe, that's why. And so Raymond said, let's play a game and let's see how many languages we can think of to say hi in to people. And so we would, you know, say hi, and most of the time we made it up, we didn't know. And, um, and people would hardly look at us or say anything back. We're like, that's rude, you know. And, and then on the way out, I'm like, people are all chatty and walking down next to us. I'm like, those people. <laughs> so, But I needed not to focus on that stuff because I knew it was all going to end soon. I knew it was temporary. I knew it was going to end. I knew what God had already done. He had already given us strength. And I was forever going to be able to say that I hiked that trail with my husband on our 20th anniversary. And so we did it. We got to the top, and we, you know, were upright, um, and, and it was a great memory, and I'm so glad we did it, and part of that trail behind us is part of where we had come from, um, and so that was, that was a really big deal. So have you ever had one of those moments where you think, huh, that changes everything. That changes everything. I had one of those moments recently. And it involved this guy. So you know who this guy is? Anybody? Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I heard a little girl say to her mom, Mom, why does that man have such a big head and a tiny little body? Have y'all ever seen that before? It's a bow tie. But I can't unsee that now. I mean, it's a huge head with a tiny body. I can't not see it. It changed everything. Now, like, that changes everything. Just that one sentence I heard. I'm sorry. I did that to y'all now. Now, every time you see it, you're going to see that tiny body. I'm so sorry. But really, what about this? This changes everything. This changes everything. And the light, putting your troubles, your problems, your circumstances in the light of the cross changes everything. Because now you don't have to focus on the temporary. You don't have to focus on the hard. You get to focus on the eternal. The eternal. Because Jesus died on this cross for you. For all of us. He died for you. And he rose again so that you could have eternal life. You have access to eternal life. That means the things that happen today are temporary. The things that happen 10 years from now are temporary. You get to focus on the eternal. It changes your whole perspective to, to put things in light of the cross. Like in the Grand Canyon, I needed to remember um, that how far Jesus had already taken us and that he wasn't going to leave us now. He wasn't going to leave us in the canyon. We were going to be able to conquer that with his help. 
So a lot of times when I think to myself, how, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to do this? I'm going to have to have, I'm going to have to look at it in light of the cross with an eternal perspective, knowing that all things are going to be made new. All things, there won't be sorrow and pain in eternity. And knowing that this trouble is temporary and it changes everything. Sort of like the Colonel Sanders deal. It changes everything in the light of the cross. Colossians 3 verses 1 and 2 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. An eternal perspective. I'm going to end with one thing. I had a poem shared with me a while back. And hang on, we're not going to end on this sour note. There's a good ending, but I want you to see this point. This is how it is in the light of the world, okay? I'm very ugly, so don't try to convince me that I'm a very beautiful person because at the end of the day, I hate myself in every single way. And I'm not going to lie to myself by saying there's beauty inside me that matters. So rest assured, I will remind myself that I am worthless. I'm a worthless, terrible person. And nothing you say will make me believe I still deserve love. Because no matter what, I'm not good enough to be loved. And I'm in no position to believe that beauty does exist within me. Because whenever I look in the mirror, I always think, am I as ugly as people say? The world tells you this a lot. But this same poem in the light of the cross, if you read it from the bottom to the top, it's a completely different perspective. It says, am I as ugly as people say? Because whenever I look in the mirror, I always think beauty does exist within me. And I am in no position to believe that I am not good enough to be loved. Because no matter what, I still deserve love. And nothing you say will make me believe that I am worthless or a terrible person. So rest assured, I will remind myself there is beauty inside me that matters. And I'm not going to lie to myself by saying I hate myself in every single way. Because at the end of the day, I'm a very beautiful person. So don't try to convince me that I'm ugly. You are dismissed.